Hi, and welcome to Ohanga. My name is Caroline, and today I will be speaking with David Berg. All right, so let's start off with just a simple, basic question. What kind of art do you do? So I make little characters out of acorns and sticks, and then I take them outside, and I set them up, and I wait for animals to come, and then I photograph the characters interacting with the uh, animals. Okay, awesome. So how do you start working on a new project? It really depends. I think sometimes it starts with an animal, like I'll see a, a blue jay in the backyard and I'll be like, oh my God, I want a picture with a blue jay. Um, and so I'll start sort of studying the blue jay's habits and figuring out you know, how I can get a picture of it. And then I'll figure out uh, roughly like what's, what's the story? Is it, is it a character like talking to a blue jay? And then I'll build the character um, out of acorns and sticks and um, you know, give him a cool hat or, or a, um, some, a basket with seeds that he can be feeding the blue jay or you know, whatever the story is that I have in mind. I'll build that and then I'll set the beacon out. I'll set up my camera at a distance and I use a remote control for my camera. Um, and then I'll wait for it to come and, you know, if I'm lucky, the blue jay will actually come. Blue jays are tough. And then um, I'll get the picture if I'm lucky. So um, I like how you're talking about like story and making a character. And I noticed that you sort of personify a lot of the beacorns. Um, so is there a process for characterizing them that you kind of go through or does it just come to you from like how you make them look? Yeah, I often, write little stories for them. Um, I do posts on Instagram where I'll have a picture and then I'll write a little caption that sort of explains what's happening. And those captions are almost always after the fact. Um, as I'm doing the picture, I have an idea of what the story is, but I almost never get the picture I'm trying to get. It's always like, it's always, there's always some unexpected thing that the animal does. Um, so like maybe the bird, instead of eating, um, eating a blueberry from the guy's hand will like jump on his head. Um, so then I look at the picture after the fact, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? There's a bird standing on this guy's head. Um, and he has his arm outstretched, uh, like, and it's always a really fun challenge for me then to like craft a story around this sort of random event. Um, and the funny thing is like the more random the event is, like the more specific the story is and it creates this world around the characters that feels really authentic because of, because it's so like specific and kind of odd. Um, and actually that's like one thing that is so fun about this process is like, I don't have total control of the end result. And a lot of the times my ideas are fairly like you know, fairly simple sometimes like, oh, a beacorn feeding a bird. Um, but then when it jumps on its head, it's, it becomes a lot more like, I don't know, interesting, which isn't to say, I mean, beacorns feeding birds is cute too. I like that story too, but um, the surprises are really what makes it like fun for me, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like the animals kind of write the story a little bit too. Yeah. Like whatever it, they do. It's totally a collaboration. Yeah. That's super cool.
so I also just want to ask really quick, like you mentioned, you kind of study the behavior of the animals like in your backyard. Is that primarily where you are taking these photos? Do you ever go outside of your home to take them? Yeah, it's, um, it's easiest to take pictures in my yard just because um, often I'll set up like a bird feeder um, weeks ahead of time. I sort of plan generally what the shot I want is and then, um, you know, choose what the food should be based on what the animal is and get it so they they come fairly regularly. And that way I don't have to wait, you know, so quite so long. Um, whereas um, there, there are some times when I go and, you know, often I'll take a hike in the woods and I'll just take my, all my characters with me mm-hmm. and I might stumble on a frog and try to get pictures of the frog you know, I'll choose like the guy that makes the best story and try and get a picture with a frog. Um, so it really depends. But like, if I'm really like doing a long-term project where I have a, a difficult shot I'm trying to get that I try to do pretty close to home just because it's going to take me a lot of time. You know, I get to avoid traveling. It's my, my morning commute to my backyard. You know, <laughs> it's shorter. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So can you kind of walk us through the steps it takes for you to make each individual character? Sure, yeah. Um, So I guess it starts with collecting sticks and stuff outside. Um, I look for sticks that have lots of like little knobs and gnarls and nice texture. Um, I've found that those kind of make the most like interesting and realistic characters. and so like I've learned by contrast, like I've made certain characters just with like straight sticks and I learned like, oh, wow, they don't look as alive. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I collect stuff. I look for nuts or um, obviously acorns um, and just like weird anything I can find. Um, my shop, I have like little fuzzy pussy willow things and I have um, I don't know, thistles and pine cones and just, I have tons of stuff. And the more stuff I have in my shop, um, the more I can sort of call upon at any moment because as I'm building, the process is really um, fairly spontaneous. I'll like grab a stick and sort of hold it up against the acorn and see like, oh, is this gonna get me the posture I want? Or um, like hats, I love, giving them little hats. And it's always, I'm always like testing out different, different um, seed pods or, you know, whatever, and sort of testing what, what fits best. Um, it's kind of like building with Legos, honestly, it's, it's really no different. So yeah, it, yeah, keeps it fun. Um, except obviously like Legos, there's a limited amount of stuff. Whereas for me, I just, I go out in the woods and there's always more. So, yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask, like, do you have any trouble preserving any of it? Like, do you have to cure anything? If, if like, is anything wilting, you know, that sort of thing? Cause it's natural material. Right. Yeah. Um, I, some, generally the figures I build are with, um, stuff that doesn't wilt, you know, like pine cones and acorns and stuff. Um, Sometimes I do like set myself to the challenge of um, building with flowers or, you know, things that will wilt. 
And um, those are super challenging because it's like, like with a flower, you have to build it. You have to like wake up in the middle of the night, build the thing, and then try to get the picture in like the good morning light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've had lots of like failed efforts doing that. Just, you know, it's a learning process. Okay. But um, generally it's not, nothing's really like dying on you most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. It sort of depends like what level of difficulty I decide on for the project. Um, uh, like one example, I sometimes I give them a cape that's a leaf. And then, so that'll last like a day or two and that's easy to replace. But um, yeah, characters out of flowers, that's sort of, those are tough. So once you create um, a beacorn, what do you do next? Does it always lead to, okay, I'm immediately gonna go set it up and take a photo or do you kind of hide it away for maybe when inspiration strikes? I generally, when I build a character, I have a specific idea of the shot I want to get for it. So I guess usually it is for specifically for a photo. Um, One thing that is really fun is after I build it and I take a picture of it, um, I, you know, I keep it around a whole catalog of old characters. Um, I probably have like 30 right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always surprised at the different um, ways that they can be used. Um, so if I have a character with arms outstretched, for example, I think I made that character specifically to be like holding a, a seed and like showing his friends. But then I realized like, oh, without the seed, it looks like he, his arms are out, like he's talking, like he's arguing with them, trying to convince them of something. And that guy's been used. Um, what else has he been used for? I mean, he holds all different things. Um, so it's just really fun for me to see like the different ways that different characters can tell different stories. Yeah. So it's not always like this one will be used for this photograph and, you know, you move on to the next one you can kind of like shift the the scene. Right. I used to give them away as gifts to friends. And then I realized like, oh, it's like so time consuming to build a new one every time I need a new shot. And it's so much easier to be able to recycle them. And it's not just easier, it like adds to my creative possibilities too, so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I stopped and everyone was disappointed. <laughs> stopped giving them out. People are looking for theirs and. Right, yeah. Yeah, my wife, she, she like, when it was right around the time we started dating that I stopped giving them out and so she's, like I could give her one, I guess, but I would be taking it all the time. And it's kind of like, if she wants one, she can take it anytime. Yeah. <laughs> she's disappointed because she doesn't have one to call her own. <laughs> what is one of your most involved processes? Can you kind of talk us through that briefly? So probably the most involved project was, I actually made a YouTube video of it. So at the beginning, I set out to get a picture of a beacorn feeding uh, cardinal. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's a little character and he's holding a basket and I filled it up with seeds and I put it out. And at that time I did have lots of birds coming to my feeder and I had um, cardinals coming fairly regularly. Um, and then I moved the feeder like, I don't know, 20 feet to get it to a better spot. 
And then the birds stopped coming and they just flew across the street to the neighbor's bird feeder and they never came back like all summer, which was crazy. <laughs> um, but I did get like tons of squirrels. There would be like four at a time on this feeder. And so, and lots of chipmunks, like a chipmunk would come like every, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. Mm. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I'll get a picture of a, a beekworm feeding a chipmunk. So I set my camera out and I started taking pictures. And of course the squirrels came and um, the squirrels usually like totally disregard the beekworms. Um, but I don't know what it was about this, this particular squirrel, but he, he took the beekworm I chased it into the woods and realized like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm not gonna catch this squirrel. Um, and so then I went back, I built another and put it out. And um, again, a squirrel came and took this figure too, but I got video of it. So I was, I kind of let it happen cause I was excited to, you know, like to share that part of the process. Then I built a third character and this time I was like, all right, if a squirrel comes, like I'm chasing it away. And so indeed like squirrel came a bunch, but also lots of chipmunks came and I finally got pictures of this chipmunk eating from the, the beekworn's basket, which it's, it's really cute. Like the beekworn like crawls over his shoulder and like nibbles on the basket. And I, I mean, I got like tons of different, different, um, you know, scenes within different poses. So it was, um, that whole process took, I don't know, a couple of weeks of also like a big part of it is getting the, the lighting right. I'm mm -hmm. constantly like waiting for the sun to be in the right position or, you know, getting good morning light or sunset light. So that that's like a big part of it too. And that's partly why it took weeks to get, so. Okay, yeah. So kind of going off of like, the lighting and sort of how you have to set the scene up. How do you sort of prepare to take the pictures? Do you set out like certain times of day? You know, is there a certain way you go about it regularly or does it just kind of happen spontaneously? Um, I generally try to, to get morning or afternoon light, good evening light. Um, so generally the setup depends on the shot, often I have to set up a bird feeder or, you know, whatever I'm using to lure the, the animals. I'll set that up kind of weeks in advance. And yeah, so I set up the scene, I put the figure out and a lot of times it is, I'm waiting for that, the best lighting, best time of day. And um, it, it's tough. It's that's actually one of the biggest variables, one of the hardest ones to control is like getting a good setting with good lighting, with animals visiting. Um, it's a lot of like variables to kind of massage. Um, and it takes a lot of like trial and error to, to get all of those to align. And often they don't, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, it's, it definitely seems like there's a lot of moving parts yeah. going on at once that you kind of have to make sure you're keeping everything in check. Right, when all those things do align and I get like the ultimate shot, then I'm always really excited. And then generally that's like what I'm able to sell on my website, you know? Okay, yeah.
So yeah. we kind of talked about like the animals and how they sort of tend to be a little bit more like in charge. Besides them, do you have any challenges that you, you face during the process? Or is it mostly just them? Um, I think, like I was saying, the lighting, the, the weather, like sometimes it's windy and, you know, the, was it? there was one time I was trying to do, like the wind was blowing so hard that it was blowing this log over that I was trying to like, have, like the character was sleeping in a hole in a log um, and it's so it needed to stand upright and the wind was so hard that it was blowing it over I was like what am I doing like <laughs> I can't I can't do it so I had to wait I had to wait a full week because it like rained every day and, and by then the um the fall foliage was gone so that was like my hmm. so that's a, that's a challenge yeah um Oh, also like I stepped on the figures sometimes it's like I'll oh. take like 10 figures out and I'm like trying different ones and I'll put it down behind me like out of the way and then I'll just step back and they're totally camouflaged you know because they're they look like acorns and leaves and stuff so yeah. um, I have to be really careful about that I've learned oh no. yeah like, yeah a lot of times I'll like consciously take it like you know 20 feet away and put it like balance it on a branch or you know something so I would definitely won't step on it okay yeah yeah that's a bummer right. <laughs> is that frustrating yeah. at all like after putting them all together I I honestly think that um all of these challenges make it so fun mm. um it's like that's that's what's so fun is is the it's so difficult and there's so much to balance. So if I do step on a figure, like I, I glue it back together and that's, that's part of the process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times if I do end up gluing it back together, I'll like fix them up too, you know, give them a different, like a lot of times their hats have little, um, little like grasses sticking out and I'll like give them a new one. So it sticks up straighter, you know, fix them up every now and then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get them, get them a new suit, get them a new, yeah, yeah. new outfit. Exactly. Shine them up. Yeah. <laughs> As a nine. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and just focus kind of on your art um, and your kind of like artistic journey, uh, if you will. So do you have any like motivation really for your art? Is there anything that inspires you like continuously? I think I'm, this might sound weird, but I think I'm like always trying to access some part of my childhood. Mm. Um, that like feeling of wonder and like just being inspired by nature. I used to feel that all the time. And as an adult, I think it's a lot harder to access that. And so I think I'm just trying to get to get that for myself and also to share it with other people. There's something about like a miniature world that they mm. live in that is on one hand, it's totally familiar, but on the other hand, it's like completely otherworldly because it's small. Um, I think that combination like just somehow activates my like childhood sense of wonder, you know? Yeah, I love that. I think when you're a kid, you don't realize how cool 
your imagination is and how cool things are as a kid. And then when you get to be an adult, you kind of want to chase that again. Yeah, yeah. I don't, there were definitely aspects of childhood that were amazing. I, I don't think universally I could say that it's the best time for everyone, but <laughs> um, I had a great childhood. So, yeah, I yeah. agree with you there. So, besides kind of that, do you have any other themes that emerge from your art? And do you know why they might come out? I think one thing that maybe isn't like, easily visible on the surface is um, I've always been interested in like mechanisms and kind of engineering. Um, so I think that comes out in, I mean, I, I use that like as I'm constructing them. Um, they are like very meticulous and I'm, I do everything I can to make them look alive, mm. which is a lot about um, how they're how they're posed like um and it's about like balance and momentum and like you know if it's like the, getting the exact placement of their foot to be bearing the weight in just the right way like is a sort of engineering challenge um and i really enjoy that aspect of it too yeah that's very interesting and unique because most most themes are very like artsy and, um, you know, sort of like creatively. I mean, not to say that mechanics aren't creative, right. um, but you know, I think I think that's certainly a unique theme. But it, I, I feel like it is kind of maybe not evident, like you say, but certainly if you really start to think about the steps you have to take to to make these pieces, um, it certainly comes up. Right. Yeah. Totally. So do you have like an ultimate goal for your art, either for you or for your audience? I think, I th yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying before about creating a sense of wonder. Mm. Um, I know for me personally, like that's what I'm always chasing. Um, and I think sharing that with people is, is a, a part of that too. So how do you come up with all this stuff and, and where did it sort of come from? So I studied um, product design in school and then my first job out of, out of college was uh, as a designer at Lego and I worked on uh, Bionicle which are like buildable action figures and they're made of these kind of like weird biomechanical parts and um, the process we did there was the exact same as Beekhorns, where we'd start with this pile of bricks and we'd kind of cut them up and just hot glue them together. Um, and the goal was to quickly create um, some characters and just to like express an idea. Then we'd show them to kids and get their feedback. And um, based on what they said, we would kind of refine them and ultimately like make the, the product and um, so I just, I like loved that process. I learned so much from the kids and seeing what their preferences were. And um, so after I quit Lego, I was kind of, I was sweeping my mom's driveway, like thinking about Lego and like, oh, that was such a great job. And then I realized I looked down and I saw 
these sticks and acorns, I realized like, oh my God, everything that I did at Bionicle in the same way they create characters and like tell stories and create this whole world around these creatures. Like I can do that with sticks and acorns. And it was just this, this aha moment that sort of has grown into, um, into beacorns. And that was, that was a long time ago. Um, and over the years, I've really like had to learn a ton about photography and how to build the characters. And, um, and yeah, here we are. So do you think your attraction to like toy design was from something before you even really started like that that chase for like the childhood wonder and stuff or do you think that came with time and like some of the work that you did I think it was the I've always been interested in storytelling and characters and also mechanisms and building things um so when I went to school I was really searching for something that combined those two things and toy design was like, that was it, you know? I, I really, I almost studied animation because that kind of did, um, but uh, I think, you know, toy design is, is really, it was such a great fit for, for my interests. Yeah, and it certainly adds like more of that mechanical piece right. than maybe like animation might. Right, yeah. Okay, so is there anything else that you think is important for us to know about you or your art that we didn't touch on? If you see me at a show, say hi. Okay. <laughs> That's a good parting message, yeah. Right, yeah. All right, awesome. <laughs>